Welcome to the Brilliantly Resilient Podcast. What's your train wreck? Everyone has one. The question is, are you going to live there or are you just visiting? Let's check in with Mary Fran and Kristen to learn how to come through not broken, but brilliant. Hey everyone, before we dive into this week's episode, we have a resource that we wanted to tell you about. Transform every week of yours with our brilliance bit that will deliver right to your email inbox. Sign up for it at brilliantlyresilient.net and keep living brilliantly resilient. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Brilliantly Resilient Live. I am Mary Fran Bontempo with my buddy, I never know where she is on the screen, Kristen Smedley, my partner in crime. And today we are talking about a subject that is near and dear to our hearts. And we have our good friend, Margaret Garrett, who is the a product director at Reliance Matrix, but also, and this is where we're going to land today, people, the co-chair of the Women's Employee Resource Group for all of those who are trying to figure out the millions of initial things on LinkedIn and all. It's an ERG, Employee Resource Group. Um, and we're delighted that companies are bringing these into the forefront and very happy to have you here today, Margaret, to talk about this. So welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. So full disclosure, we did work with you for Reliance's inaugural. We were so excited to be able to do this for you and for Reliance Matrix for the women's inaugural event for the women's ERG. So Let's just jump right in and we're going to cover the whole gamut here as to why people, why companies need ERGs and how you guys got to this point too. So just jump in wherever you're comfortable. Okay. So for those of you who don't know, an employee resource group is a group that forms at a company to provide some work-life balance support for workforces. Typically when a group forms, they have a kind of a base or a support system in mind related to that group. So um, Mary Fran, as you mentioned, our first one that we formed at Reliance Matrix is a women's ERG. Um, It's certainly not only inclusive of women, anybody can join, but the goal of the group is to provide support, especially from a work-life balance perspective for women. And so when we think about the types of initiatives we want to support as a group, it's with that in mind. It's thinking about some of the unique challenges that women especially face in the workforce. And um, we at Reliance Matrix are a little bit newer to the employee resource group space. Other companies have been doing this for a little while. We, in the last couple of years, have really built out this program and have launched it. And so this, our women's ERG is our first ERG. And then going forward, prospectively, we're going to have some new ones coming uh, down the pike as well. So really excited about that work. You know, I think in the last couple of years, especially with covid Um, we've all realized that the emotional health of employees and people, let's just say people, because, you know, that's what you're dealing with. You're dealing with people and the emotional health of people and employees cannot be separated from the work life. So is this something that maybe has really come to the forefront, you think, since COVID happened? I know they've all companies have always had different groups, I think, within organizations available, but I feel like it's become more organized and a more structured kind of a thing now that the corporate world's entering into. You nailed it right on the head. I think the pandemic really forced this to the forefront. So any company that wasn't thinking about it or didn't have it on their roadmap really had to do it. 
um, from a retention perspective and just from an overall workforce wellness perspective. And when you think about women, especially, you know, the pandemic impacted everyone substantially. But when you think about women specifically who more often than their male counterparts tend to be caretakers, the pandemic just really exploded all of our worlds. You know, we had kids at home during it, or we had um, parents we were taking care of or others, and there was no way to sort of hide that anymore. I think historically and in past generations, women especially have kind of tried to hide those things that they're doing from the workforce. And the pandemic just was like, okay, there's no more hiding it. My son photobombed one of the webinars I did during the pandemic. <laughs> there's, no way, there's no way to pretend your kids don't exist anymore when, when that's going on. They do exist. <laughs> they do. They do. And, and they should. And, and we should be talking about our kids and we should be talking about our family and caretaking responsibilities and the challenges that that inherently presents. And we should be, as companies, supporting workforces in the efforts to stay sane, to stay healthy, and to have a healthy balance, because you can do both. You you can caretake, um, you can do well in your job, and it doesn't have to be one or the other. So, but I think you're right. The pandemic just really kind of put all of that, put that accelerator down and really forced companies to uh, address the support that was needed. And I think some of the companies like us who didn't have employee resource groups before, it really was sort of a natural next step as we emerged from the pandemic back to reality. You know, it's it's interesting. I had not heard of the employee resource groups until it, you know, literally is like seems like it's everywhere now. And and we realized that brilliantly resilient really is a great program to that works well with employee resource groups. And after we worked with you guys, I was talking to my son. My oldest is living in Florida and working for Disney, and um, he said, "Oh, I, I met this this." this uh, girl on uh, in a group at, at work and she, my son is blind and this, this coworker that he never met um, before is also blind. And she had some challenges with accessibility and he's talking to her about how to, to make things accessible, what he did. And I said, how did you meet her? And he said, in, a, in an employee resource group. And I was like, well, aren't you on the forefront of everything happening, <laughs> mister? But it was interesting because now I, I am, you know, self-employed and and our company, well, you know, Mary Fran and I, and then I have a, a nonprofit. We, we're not in office buildings. We're not in with lots of people, right? So meeting other people going through similar things isn't really, you know, our thing. However, in all of the nonprofit work that I do, when I was going through my divorce, I was one of those things that you said, like, oh, I don't want people to know the stuff that I'm, you know, is happening at home. But I was out with like a lot of other CEO women in this, in the rare disease space. And we got to talking at a dinner and the majority of women at this dinner table were going through something extremely similar as I was. And as we started exchanging stories and stuff, I thought, man, I wish I had like more connection like this. I felt like, oh, I'm not crazy. I'm not alone. And my son experienced the exact same thing from meeting someone else that he's in the same workspace that had challenges and, and they were able to talk about that. I mean, is, is, so is that one of the, the reasons that you that you had, you know, made this initiative possible? Yeah, I think that's one of the true values of employee resource groups, that connectivity piece. And so for us, launching the Women's ERG first was something we overwhelmingly heard from our workforce that we needed. But a close second after that was an abilities resource group. So similar to what you're talking about. So people with challenges around accessibility, um, medical issues and things like that could come together and have the support that they need as well. So that's one of our future plan groups. 
But I think kind of going back to that core mission of ERGs, it's exactly that. It's saying, okay, we do have this community at work and your direct team you work with day to day might not understand everything you're going through, but somebody at your company does and somebody can be a support for you. And when you bring these collective groups together that share similar experiences or stories, you provide support um, and you make them feel better while they're at work. And so I think when, you know, Reliance Matrix built out um, our DEI Council and then subsequently the Employee Resource Group Program, it was with that in mind. We need to kind of take work one step further, make it more inclusive so one, folks feel supported and they know that there are other people here that sort of know what they're going through. And when you have that support, you're more likely to stay at work. You're more likely to stay at that job because one, you feel personally invested in it. And two, you feel like if things do get challenging, your you know, employee group can help you, right? P- people can help you get through that and, and then you can stay focused on work. So, you know, it's really interesting th- this idea of building a tribe within a tribe more or less is, is kind of how we, tr- we would transfer that in brilliantly resilient terms. And one of the other benefits that I see from this is people in any kind of, of for lack of a better word, a subset or a group that have commonalities and common experiences also have learned to transfer skills and have common sets of skills that they use to solve those problems, which can then be transferred to a work environment when you're also sharing that mindset. So do you find then that these uh, this group in particular is, is affording women an opportunity to then transfer some of this stuff back into the, the corporate world? Yeah, a great point and a great question. And that was one of the reasons I wanted you to both come talk to us so much and have our first event be brilliantly resilient. Because when I saw you both speak in in Denver uh, last year, the year before at the Disability Management Employment Coalition Conference, I, I mean, I cried. I cried because personally, everything you said resonated with me. But then as I'm taking notes and with all my work colleagues, I'm thinking about all the ways I can apply your methodologies to work as well. And so when we were thinking about building this ERG and thinking about an inaugural event, I thought this event's perfect because the framework that you both set up helps you in any part of your life. And that's what we want the employee resource group to be as well, a support that we can say to folks, hey, here are some tips, here are some things that are going to support you personally, um, but also professionally. Yeah, it, you know, it, it really, it, it's amazing to me to to know that these these groups are happening, that we're building community at work as opposed to having to work and then leave work and find community. Like there's no time, right? And and I can imagine that companies probably in the past didn't want to do it because you would figure that, oh, everyone's just going to come together and complain about the company, right? You know, like that's why I love that there's a structure and there's a goal and 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 it's empowering, all that. But I got to tell you, I was just listening to a podcast today. Jonathan Fields has the Good Life Project and he had Seth Godin on. I love Seth Godin, right? And he was talking about that 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 this this big shift now that with companies looking at the whole person and the whole life and the balance, because he said now all the baby boomers that were of the age of the assembly lines and all of that where you didn't talk about anything from home, you just did your role on the assembly line. They're all moving out of the workforce and this new wave is coming in. And it is, it's one of those things that my hair stands up because it really is, it just feels so much more hopeful and empowering 
that these kinds of things are making making their way through in our in our society now. Yeah. And I think, you know, when I think about my company, Reliance Matrix, I feel so blessed that we have the leadership team in place, the senior leadership team in place that we have that supports these initiatives. Our CEO and our CHRO are both on our DE&I council, so our Diversity, Equity, Inclusion Council, and they were two of the champions for piloting the employee resource group. We also have an assistant vice president in our human resources department fully working on DEI efforts. And so I think you're right. We're just seeing now more the shift where companies are not only acknowledging the importance of it, um, but the necessity of it. And it really has to come from the top down. You have mm-hmm. to see your senior leaders, um, your CEO, your senior leadership team support that because employees at the more entry level positions aren't going to feel able to participate fully in that type of work unless they know that leadership supports it. And we're really lucky at Reliance Matrix to have that support. And I think it's something, you know, as as folks are listening to this story and thinking about ERGs and thinking about the possibility to have them where they work, I would just really encourage you to engage leadership as soon as possible, explain the importance to them if they don't already understand and help them be the advocates for your organization that you need to make this stuff successful. You know, I think in in line with all of that, um, these the structure that is now inherent in these organizations has has kind of moved them from the, I think the initial idea of it being a touchy feely kind of a thing to something that is very practical and has a real use for the company. I mean, there have to be a million opportunities for mentorship right within those organizations too. Yeah, it's it's a great point because you're right. I think in the last 10 years, a lot of people saw this as more of the fluffy stuff, right? And now that more companies have produced data around the results that we're seeing from it, folks are actually realizing there's quite a return on your investment when you support these types of programs as well. From a retention perspective, employees are more likely to stay at a company when this type of support is offered. Um, but then all the way from to the products, or the you know merchandise that you sell as a company, consumers are more likely to buy products and services when they know the company supports these types of efforts. That's there's very real data that shows that now too. Um, and so I think you know if you're a numbers person, the numbers are now there for this type of work too, and you can really really see the data that supports the need for it from a financial perspective. You know you're exactly right. It's the data that's coming out, and I'm I'm loving hearing that you have that your senior leaders are also involved in the DE&I initiatives. And I have to, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about the full circle here, right? So they get involved in those initiatives and that's when they're, I'm certain we're exposed to all of the data about hiring people with disabilities. You know, the bottom line of the company actually is so much better when you're hiring folks with different backgrounds, different experiences, different abilities that make them, I always say that, that give you the competitive edge. But now watching, I, I see well, this is the most beautiful part. I didn't realize that all of that was now circling back to, to impact the entire community of, of, of your business, of your, um, of your company. That's actually, it's like, I'm, I'm like a nerd. It's making me smile. Like it's making my heart smile too. Cause I'm like, wow, it really, it really is a whole community thing where everybody benefits when you look at this differently. Right. Yep. Yep. Employees, consumers, everybody. So it's um it's really important. The the thing that I'm that I'm finding really interesting too is 
it's interesting because these groups may start off as kind of different sects or organizations within themselves, the women's, you know, ERG, um, the, the LGBTQ ERG, the, the, you know, I I've seen the Hispanic ERG. However, we're also bringing this DEI idea to the entire organization. So it's kind of like, Yes, we're going to look at our individual strengths as this particular group, because each individual group has certain strengths that may not be the strengths of the other group. But then when you add the DEI piece, then it becomes, okay, this is your strength. This is your strength. This is your strength. This is what Kristen and I talk about all the time about where's your brilliance. So you find the brilliance that each of these groups have different adversities, different things, different skills, different, different challenges. And then you bring all of it in under the umbrella of the DEI. And oh my gosh, the wealth of knowledge and the skill sets that you are now encouraging people to bring to work. Like this isn't just for your home life now. We want you to use this here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. When when I look at the leadership team we put together for the women's ERG, we have a, a small but mighty leadership team. Uh, the diversity even on our women's leadership team is amazing. We span different generations different areas that we work in the company, different personality types. We did a personality test too, uh, which was really fun to see kind of what our strengths um, and challenges are. And even just the group we have for our leadership team, it's amazing. And it's amazing at these meetings when we talk about and plan our events, the different things that come up because of that diversity of thought. Um, you know, I might have some ideas about certain events and then somebody brings up a point I hadn't even thought of. And then, and then we have somebody that, you know, is younger uh, that knows things from a technology perspective that none of us have ever even heard of. <laughs> so we put this group together who, you know, are in the same group, all women, all identify as women, but couldn't be more different in so many important ways. And that diversity of thought produces really amazing results and, and makes us this power group. It's really neat to see. You know, I have a story I want to share real quick with my daughter who is now, she graduates high school next, next week and she's gone off to college in the fall. And to your point of all those different perspectives and how incredible, you know, the, the things become because of that, when we were college shopping, right, I'm looking at, at the school's shoes recruiter for basketball. So we're looking at some of these schools, you know, beautiful campuses, wonderful people. And the when I used to look at life through a different lens, other than now being a brilliantly resilient lens, the old me would have said to her, oh, Carissa. Let's go with, you know, there was this, a couple of schools right near Philly that where we live that that these are girls that, you know, they all she'd be comfortable because she knows their background. They all have the same background. She played against a lot of them in basketball. She'd be comfortable there. Right. Because that's all of her story and her background. That's the old me. Then now looking at the world differently and all that diversity and inclusion, you know, opens up for you. There was a team that recruited her and the majority of the team is international. They're in New Jersey, the school, but they all come from all these different backgrounds. And I said to Carissa, which is outside of her comfort zone because she is my shy one. I don't know how I produced a shy child, but I did. <laughs> and I said, I understand that these schools are your comfort zone, but think about the you could be opened up to so many different experiences and viewpoints. Like how excited are you for that? You know, all these different people, of course, then I had to put it in basketball terms for her. I'm like all these different styles of play from all. And then she was like, Oh, okay. You know, yeah. but I'm excited for her. And I'm so grateful 
with the work that I get to do in the world that I looked at it differently and give her this bigger experience. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the other thing that I think piggybacks right on top of that, but with what you were just talking about with the women, all women, you know, in your group, I, I think, I'm sorry, what were you going to say? No, I just should should totally say that we have one male um, identifies as male on our leadership team. And I feel so bad. Sorry, Alan. I didn't mean to leave you out. (laughs) We love love you, Alan. We heart you. We heart you, Alan. Here's hearts for you. Strong ally for us. Here's hearts for you. But but to the point of we tend to, and Kristen's idea of how you look at things, we tend to think, oh, that's a woman's group. But you made the very valid point that within that group, there's a whole range of diversity and, and inclusion that needs to happen. And, and I think we have to go even further with the idea of diversity, equity, and inclusion. You know, it started, I think, with um, ethnicity and gender, but there are other areas where you talk about age where you talk about, you know, um, just educational, perhaps, experience, where you talk about socioeconomic experience, all of those things fit into the category of different. And, and when we allow ourselves to recognize that each person who's experiencing that can bring something different to the environment, then it even makes diversity, equity, and inclusion more diverse, equitable, and inclusive. Right. You're so right. It's the natural next step, right? It's the first acknowledging that there are different groups of people out there. And then also acknowledging that even within those subsets, there's quite a range of differences as well. And so how, you know, it it can quickly become challenging to make sure that everybody feels supported. But the first step is acknowledging that and and having the conversations and the dialogue. You're right. So how did you, how did Reliance Matrix come to the idea that they wanted to do this? And just let's get let's get set up sort of in the practical terms here. How did you then set this organization up, go about spreading the word? Because, you know, you guys are a sizable company and, and you want this to be a successful and inclusive initiative. So give us a little bit of the, the play by play of how you set this up. Yeah, Reliance Matrix for the last few years has really understood and kind of ramped up this type of work. They've understood the value of it and knew that they needed to um, put more kind of on our roadmap to address it. And so a few years ago, we hired a dedicated person in our human resources department, um, Thea Valero, who's amazing. We'll give a shout out to Thea right now too, because she's a hero. Um, But she kind of came to Reliance Matrix and really as a full-time job championed uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts at our enterprise. And part of what she did was build out a, a council. That's the council I mentioned earlier that is um, comprised of members of our senior leadership team, but also members of our workforce at various levels as well. And the council started addressing and implementing initiatives to support DNI efforts. And one of the items early on the list uh, was to establish an employee resource group program. And so what Thaya and the council did was they reached out to our enterprise they gave everyone the opportunity to sort of vote on what employee resource group they would want to see first and then built a path forward to build that out. And we overwhelmingly heard the first group um, that folks wanted to do was the women's group. We at Reliance Matrix especially have a pretty large female population. Um, I think it's definitely over half. It might be close to two thirds of our workforce is female. And so that was the employee resource group that folks wanted to tackle first and get and get out there. So once we as the enterprise had the opportunity to weigh in on that, then the council moved forward with building um, building out the employee resource group. 
And then they looked for folks like me. They said, okay, who wants to be part of this leadership team? Who wants to launch it off the ground? And we, people that wanted to be part of the leadership team applied and they put a leadership team together to kind of start this work. And like I mentioned, we'll eventually, you know, this is our first year launching the women's ERG and then going forward, you know, we'll move to more ERGs in the future after we kind of get this one, get this one going. But, and I personally just, I was involved in this type of work at the prior company I worked for. It's very personally important to me. So I, you know, when I knew that we were going to be building this type of group out, I wanted to apply and I wanted to be on the leadership team. So got that application in quickly. <laughs> what's, what, just to give folks a point of reference is I'm thinking about listeners that want to get this going at their company. What was the time frame of, of, you know, idea to having that inaugural event? So I would say it's definitely been at least a year and a half since the council decided they wanted to build out the employee resource group program. We, in the fall, last fall was when we decided that the first ERG was going to be a women's ERG. And then we spent like quarter three and quarter four last year kind of taking the applications and putting together the women's leadership team. And then we launched the employee resource group one, one of this year. Um, but I would just say anybody looking to do this type of program, you definitely have to put some planning in place. You have to think about that leadership team and who you want sort of representing the organization for this type of work. You want to make sure you have some diversity of thought, like we talked about. Um, you want to make sure that you engage your your key business partners, like human resources area, your senior leadership team, um, and and resources like that that can help you. And then I would just say, give yourself some grace in that first year, right? Like we're in the middle of our first year now, we were so lucky to have you both to do our amazing event for Women's History Month. But since then, there's been a little bit of quiet time because we're getting really organized around our roles and responsibilities, um, our plans for the future. And there's a lot we're kind of documenting, too, just in terms of what it means to be a member, how often we're going to meet, things like that. So, you know, that first year, I think everybody gets really excited and says, oh, I'm going to do all these amazing things. And and you will. But give yourself some grace because that first year you're going to be ironing some stuff out. And I think, you know, year two is that year you really kind of get into a good groove in terms of planning. So um, I would encourage anybody that wants to build an employee resource group out to do it. But just make sure you engage the right resources at your organization and um, that you just you know that there's going to be some planning associated with it. But um, overwhelmingly, folks here have been thrilled. We've gotten so many nice notes personal stories after you both spoke, so many people reached out emotionally about your talk. I mean, so really just overall, even though getting it off the ground can be a lot of work, the the response is overwhelmingly positive. So I, was I would gonna say, ask don't you be next. scared. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I was going to ask you next, because we talk so much about the leadership and people that see the, the need for this. And then is it resonating? So that's great to hear that it is. Yeah, overwhelmingly folks want this type of support and they love it. And really like work can get so in the weeds as you all know, right? Things are overwhelming, meetings, deadlines, all of that. People like taking a little time out of their day or their week or their month to participate in an event that is community building or bond building. It makes them feel good. And um, so yeah, the, the response is overwhelmingly positive with this type of work all the time. And it makes you feel good. It makes me feel good. There's so much work I do all the time that I'm like, oh, this is a little tedious. But whenever I do any of this work, it's, you know, it's the, it's the cup filler type stuff. You're like, you feel great the rest of the day. 
That's that's fantastic. I love that idea of the, the cup filler type stuff. I'm scribbling that down here. The cup <laughs> filler type stuff. But you know what's wonderful about that? Um, it it does allow you. I think when you have these groups, um, and again, I, I'm sure there's data that supports it to allow people to realize that they are part of a larger thing, and that thing being a community of humans. You know, other humans who are also experiencing the same types of things, the same types of frustrations. But just knowing that can allow you to get beyond some of the, you know, just the day to day challenges. Just knowing that there is a group there, and again. Those, those relationships that form that would pos- quite probably be unlikely without that organization. For example, the, the lower, uh, the more entry-level workers who are not going to have access to the, the higher level people and the administrative, you know, the CEOs and all that kind of stuff, just to be able to know that, yeah, they're human too. Like they exist. They're not just the headshot on the, on the company website. That has to be really empowering just in terms of knowing, okay, I'm, I'm really not alone in this. There are people all the way up and down the scale that, that I can relate to. Absolutely. Well, that's, well, it's connection, right? Connection yeah. is, is what makes us all keep going. And I think that was the missing, well, I know that was a missing ingredient in companies for so long. There's no human connection. You're trying to do it at night and you don't have any time to do that. And, and I'm, as I'm sitting here listening to us talk, I'm like, Mary Fran and I actually have our own little ERG because we start every meeting with like, okay, where, what are the kids up to now? Who's driving you crazy? Are you, do you still have the dogs? Did they run away? Like we do that. And then we dive in because let's face it, starting a company during a pandemic is a little tricky, but that connection and that, that, you know, being able to talk about that kind of stuff. And then it like, you know, then you have the fuel to do the work that's hard. Absolutely. Yep. And I think the things that you learn when you're part of an employee resource group like you said, transcend to other pieces of work like that too. You think about, you build that community and then you jump on a call with a bunch of IT resources that you don't even know. And you're, but you remember that human connection, right? You just had with somebody else and you're like, Hey, how are you? How's the day going? It takes 30 seconds to start a meeting that way. And the end result, the end product you're getting is going to be better for it. Yeah. And there's, and there's the takeaway, all you organizations out there who are looking to start an ERG or wondering if you have the need for it, I would say that. Margaret, do you want to add a, a piece on the end of that of, of like to, to the organizations out there willing to wanting to start this? What's your, what's your one kind of like takeaway and why it's worthwhile? I would just say it's worthwhile for all of the reasons that we've talked about, the support perspective, the community perspective, and the talent retention perspective, right? We know we're in the middle of a period of time where people are leaving their employers and going to other places because they're getting better offers or they're getting remote offers or other things are you know, presenting themselves, requiring them to make a change. If you support your employees in the ways in which they need to be supported, they'll stay. They'll be loyal to you and they'll stay and you won't have retention problems. So it's important that way too. And I would just say, be brave. And if it seems like too much to do. It's not. You just got to chunk it out and and take one step at a time and progress, not perfection. Chunk it out. I love that. Chunk it out. One little <laughs> one little piece at a time. Just attack that that thing. Margaret, thank you so much for joining us. This has been a, a really valuable conversation. We loved working with Reliance Matrix and we're so honored to be your very, very first inaugural speakers for your for your women's ERG. So thank you for that. And can you direct us to some places where people can find out more about Reliance Matrix and the ERG? 
Yeah, absolutely. If you want to learn more about our company, Reliance Matrix, and the products and services we offer, our website is reliancematrix.com. And there's a lot of great information there about our company, our values, and again, the products and services um, that we're a part of. And then also we have a LinkedIn page. So it's just Reliance Matrix on LinkedIn. And I would say our LinkedIn page gets into some of the more conversational pieces and the anecdotal pieces, um, different employees we have that do webinars or are involved in other DE&I work often post on the LinkedIn page. So if you're looking to find more like article content, blogs, things like that, our LinkedIn page is a great uh, place to go to get a little bit more of like the personality and flavor of our company as well. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks to Reliance Matrix for taking on this initiative. Very powerful stuff. Go to those places that Margaret mentioned to find out more about how to start your own. And I'm going to turn this over to my buddy. And I have to say, I think that you are our first guest that directed people to LinkedIn. And I am beside myself excited because I'm loving LinkedIn these days. And we're actually brilliantly resilient is going to have a new initiative on LinkedIn that will we'll give the big shout out when we launch that. So thank you for for directing folks there. It is a great resource, especially for folks in the workplace um, for all different kinds of things. Now, if you are looking for Beyond LinkedIn and want a resource to keep living Brilliantly Resilient, go to brilliantlyresilient.net and sign up to get our Brilliance Bit. We'll come right to your email inbox every week with a bit of brilliance. So until next time, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in to the Brilliantly Resilient podcast. Join our Facebook group and follow us on YouTube to be inspired with tools to reset, rise, and reveal your brilliance.